0: for a moment, the counterpane scratching her cheek and screwed up her eyes. She'd loved the dances back home in Coventry, had lived for that tingly moment when the factory's closing siren would rise in duet with the shrill clamour of the girls. They'd all dash to the lavs, shrieking with the fun of it, the foreman yelling at them to pipe down a bit, but them paying no real notice. They'd cluster around the sliver of mirror above the sink and chatter like magpies as they did themselves up, then head out into the city. Invincible, that's what they'd been. But then, before they'd even known what they had, it was shattered. Connie shivered. Right, let's get this thing on. She discarded her overalls and squashed herself into the dress, its faded cotton soft against her skin after the lumberjill dungarees, a reminder of when life was all dances. She twirled and the full skirt span out around her like a chink of light escaping from a blackout. There was no full-length looking-glass anywhere in the cottage, so Connie had to trust that she wasn't flashing her scanties where the buttons that ran down the bodice gaped and strained. She'd get Hetty to check at the hostel, cover up any dodgy bits with a brooch. Wouldn't be the first time they'd been on display, admittedly, but things were different now. Jagged thoughts crawled along the edges of her mind. Connie took a deep breath, to shoe them out. Better hang up those sopping wet socks in the window to try and dry them out before tomorrow's shift. She just couldn't be doing with drawing stocking seams on her legs tonight. She was licked. Anyway, it itched when she did that and she'd forget the pencil was there and rub one leg against the other like she always did. She tiptoed down the stairs trying and failing to avoid the one that creaked. She jolted past it, the wood cold where the carpet had worn down, and paused at the bottom, one hand on the newel post. She'd better go and say goodnight to Amos, or try at least. Keep kidding herself that they actually spoke to each other, rather than circling like Henkels waiting for the signal to start the bombing. She pushed open the door into the little back room, and the homesickness roared out at her so strongly that she stepped back again. The air in here was heavy, tangy. Connie could almost taste Hillview Road again and the stewed tea and ash from the grate. I'm off out then, the old man nodded. So she persisted, bellowing over the wireless. You're doing anything nice this evening? What a daft question. She wanted to bite her tongue the second it came out. Amos never went anywhere once he was home from the sheep, as far as she could tell. Silence. Connie shifted feet. I'm off dancing with some of the girls from the hostel down at End Memorial Hall. I haven't half missed a good dance. (laughs) She was babbling now. Amos had made it clear as day more than once that he didn't want her there, so the right course of action was to do them both a favour and button it. For as long as he kept a roof over her head, however grudgingly, she'd have to learn to make the most of a bad job. By the time she'd fetched Hetty from the hostel in Park End and they'd walked up to the memorial hall, there was a queue winding right round it coats flapping open in the promise of this late spring balm and making them look for all the world like the bats that swooped out at them from twilight perches. Music warbled from the hall as they inched their way past the pebbled edges of the building, and before Connie knew she was doing it, she tapped her hand against her bag, the beat invading like a swarm of Messerschmitts. Connie's feet were numb, The chill blaine on her big toe itching like mad. But there was a dance in there. A bevy of blokes and girls finding their rhythm and losing their minds just for a while. And she was going to be part of it. Connie had never had any truck with the idea of packing your troubles in your old kit bag as the song went. Your troubles were your troubles. But she'd be